My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Lord to you, Lord. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither he nor his parents sinned. It is so that the works of God might be made visible through him. We have to do the works of the one who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva and smeared the clay on his eyes and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. So he went and washed and came back able to see. His neighbors and those who had, been, had seen him earlier as a beggar said, Isn't this the one who used to sit and beg? Some said it is, but others said, No, he just looks like him. He said, I am. So they said to him, How are your eyes open? He replied, The man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and told me, Go to Siloam and wash. So I went there and washed and was able to see. And they said to him, Where is he? He said, I don't know. They brought the one who was once blind to the Pharisees. Now Jesus had made clay and opened his eyes on a Sabbath. So then the Pharisees who asked him how he was able to see, he said to them, he put clay on my eyes and I washed and now I can see. So some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, how could a sinful man do such signs? And there was a division among them. So they said to the blind man again, What do you have to say about him since he opened your eyes? He said, he's a prophet. Now the Jews did not believe that he had been blind and gained his sight until they summoned the parents of the one who had gained his sight. They asked them, is this your son who you say was born blind? How does he now see? His parents answered and said, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind. We do not know how he sees now, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He's of age. He can speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that if anyone acknowledged him as the Christ, he would be expelled from the synagogue. For this reason, his parents said, he's of age, question him. So a second time they called the man who had been born blind and said to him, Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. He replied, If he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know is that I was blind and now I see. So they said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I told you already and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? They ridiculed him and said, You are that man's disciple. We are disciples of Moses. 
We know that God spoke to Moses, but we do not know where this one is from. The man answered and said to them, That is what's so amazing, that you do not know where he's from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if one is devout and does his will, he listens to him. It's unheard of that anyone ever opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he would not be able to do anything. They answered and said to him, You were born totally in sin, and are you trying to teach us? Then they threw him out. When Jesus heard that they had thrown him out, he found him and said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered and said, Who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and the one speaking with you is he. He said, I do believe, Lord, and he worshipped him. Then Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment, so that those who do not see might see, and those who do see might become blind. Some of the Pharisees who were with him heard this and said to him, Surely we are not also blind, are we? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you are saying, We see, so your sin remains. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. just want to begin by thanking everyone who's uh, logging in online to, to join us for Mass this evening. It's uh, in these uh, extraordinary times. It's been uh, quite an experience for us to, to be separated as we are, but uh, we're close together. We're always joined together in the Eucharist, so it's a, it's a joy to have so many people joining with us, not only from our community here from Montclair State University, but throughout the country. I've tried seriously to allow myself no more than 15 to 20 minutes of news coverage a day. For the most part, all week I was good. I would get my latest update and then I would turn it off. If I watched TV, I was watching it on delay so I could even fast forward the commercials because all I would hear is, stay tuned for our latest freakouts to get you freaked out at 11. (laughs) But Friday night, I was working on something and I had the TV on in the background. I wasn't even really paying attention and I got sucked in. Here's the latest updates. Today's number of cases, this order by this governor. Here's some video of lines of people waiting to get tested. Here's our reporter interviewing people six feet away, wearing a mask that the previous report just said wasn't going to do anything, and then hearing how scared this woman that they were interviewing was, and how scared her husband is, and how frustrated they are sitting in these cars and these lines waiting for these tests. And before I knew it, a whole hour had passed, and now I was feeling anxious and depressed and fearful. That turned to discouragement and frustration as I thought about all that we were doing here at Red Hall Catholic. We're having such a really great year, lots of terrific momentum that just felt like grinded to a halt. So to distract myself, I started going to look at different websites and reading more and more information. And you know how this goes. You look at one website, you see one video, and that leads to another one. And then there's all those nice suggestions on the side to look at. And it was overwhelming. And that's when I happened to stumble upon a few religious sites 
and articles that were joining in on the coronavirus with their own individual takes on things. And to various degrees, they're saying, this is the end times. This is the apocalypse that we've been waiting for. Other ones saying, this is God's wrath or his punishment on his people. To the complete opposite, saying, this is the Antichrist at work. Look, even God has to suspend public masses. Thankfully, that's where the devil overplayed his hand. When I saw that stuff, I said, screw you, Satan. And mom, who I know is watching this, I'm sorry. I know you're going to be upset that I just said, screw you, Satan. But being an Italian from New Jersey, that's the most cleaned up way that I could share what I actually said in in my mom way. Anyway, seriously, though, that was the jolt I needed to ask myself, are we Christians or not? Do we believe in Jesus or do we treat him as a life insurance policy? Something we know that inevitably we're going to have to use because inevitably we all will die. But we don't want to think about it. We don't want to talk about it. Let me just make my payments and keep it over there. And sadly, I think a lot of us can fall into that category where Jesus has become a life insurance policy. And Jesus is not a life insurance policy. That's not who he is. Who is Jesus? I've been praying and working on a project for a couple months that hasn't come together yet. But on Friday night, I pulled out some of my notes as I was thinking about that question. Who is Jesus? There's over 50 descriptors and names and titles that come from different places throughout the Bible. And here they are in rapid fire. Jesus is the Almighty One. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He's our advocate. He's the author and perfecter of our faith. He's the authority. He's the beloved son of God. He's the bridegroom. He's the chief cornerstone. He's our deliverer. He's faithful and true. He is the good shepherd. He is the great high priest. He's the head of the church, the holy servant, the great I am. He is Emmanuel, an indescribable gift, our judge, the king of kings, the lamb of God, The door, the way, the word, the vine, the truth, the light of the world, the victorious one, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the Lord of all, the mediator, the Messiah, the mighty one, the one who sets free. Jesus is our peace, our hope, prophet, redeemer, risen Lord, rock, sacrifice for our sins. Savior, Son of Man, Son of the Most High, Supreme Creator over all. Jesus is resurrection and the life. He's the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, everlasting Prince of Peace. He's not a life insurance policy. That's who Jesus is. This is who we follow. This is who we say we believe in. We have to let all those those titles Snap us out of this haze of fear and worry. We have to let those descriptors from Scripture take root and let that faith rise in our hearts. And when we do that, reconsider what we just heard from this gospel for this fourth Sunday of Lent. Here was this man who was born blind. So people have known him his entire life. It's not some random person who just came on the scene that no one had ever met, no one ever knew before. His family, his neighbors, the friends, the townspeople, they all knew him. After being blind his whole life, he has one brief interaction with Jesus. 
and is able to see. So either this was the greatest of con jobs ever, that he faked his entire life being blind, hoping he could be of some use in some great conspiracy, great hoax one day, or it's an astounding, amazing miracle. It's a sign that Jesus is who he says he is. Do I have to read the 50 titles again? But if you think about what we just heard, that entire miracle took maybe five verses of the scripture. The bulk of the 41 verses were all about the doubts and the hedging and the disbelief and the skepticism and the picking apart of the miracle to somehow explain it in any other possible way than Jesus being who he says he is. Anything that could keep the status quo of the world as it was. And what was that world? It was a world that at that time was filled with corruption among political and religious leaders. It was a time where the Jewish land had been occupied by the Romans. So for all intents and purposes, they had been fallen back into being enslaved. They didn't particularly enjoy the way things were, but people had gotten accustomed to it. Maybe they just didn't expect anything could happen to change. And maybe their hope had just been distinguished completely. So it had become something that they knew and had just adjusted to. Jesus, in this brief interaction, completely upends things. How does this man born blind suddenly see? Because Jesus is who he says he is. So we should pay pretty close attention to what he has to say. And it's interesting, if you think about that whole story, with the miracle and the back and forth after it happens and all the debates and skepticism that follows the miracle, what is lost? Jesus says what's most important. The more miraculous thing is that he forgives sin. He was clear at the very beginning of that gospel. The young man, his family, they didn't do anything wrong that caused that blindness. So it wasn't his sins or their sins that caused this to happen. Just like this coronavirus isn't God sending his wrath or his punishment on the world because of whatever list of reasons people want to propose. So again, Jesus is telling us that God doesn't inflict physical suffering on people, whether it's a virus or physical limitation like blindness because of sin. And Jesus instantly, immediately, completely heals and restores the man. And the sins that the man has committed, that every man and woman has committed, the evil that causes destruction and division and discord and fear and panic, all things which are even more destructive than physical blindness, Jesus has power over all that too. And he offers his healing and his mercy and his forgiveness. That needs to be where we put our, our attention and our focus right now. Personally, for the most part, I've felt pretty much at peace the last couple of weeks with the news and social distancing and quarantining and lockdown or whatever we want to call this. But I've had my moments like Friday night. And I know that many, many others who have and are still struggling with a lot of these different fears and feelings and emotions. Jesus is speaking to us in a direct and personal way. He who is the light of the world shines in this darkness. He who restores the physical sight of this man born blind comes to restore the sight of our souls, calling us not to let irrational fear or loneliness or isolation blind us, Calling, causing us to fall into deeper despair and hopelessness. We are God's beloved sons and daughters. Jesus has gone to hell and back to make that so. 
but it's our decision how we wish to live. For the people who were closest to the man born blind, the friends, the neighbors, the townspeople, all people who knew him and know his story, even his parents, all of them were so anxious about the reactions of those who wished to remain with their eyes set on the world as it was, a world run amok by sinful, limited men, that they diminished this miracle. They diminished the freedom the son of theirs has received after a lifetime of bondage, and they reject Jesus. And so not only was he not going to be able to change their present situations and circumstances, even more the freedom and the new life that Jesus could offer all of them, they miss out on all that. May we not be that foolish and miss the gift that he offers us. Jesus, right here, in the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of this anxiety and fear, is calling us to deeper faith and trust that he is who he says he is and that he is with us, both here and now and into eternal life. He's bigger than any virus. He's more powerful than any fear. He will not only see us through this global crisis. More personally, he wants to transform each and every one of us by forgiving us of our sins and removing all the things, the failures, the obstacles, the things that blind us from seeing ourselves as the beloved sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father. May we allow him so that we can do as St. Paul begged us to in that second reading. Live as children of light, for light produces every kind of goodness and righteousness and truth.